0: You're listening to The Teen Wolf, Rewolf. Well, howdy. Hello. What's going on? Not a whole lot. It's uh, wet outside. I feel like the other day when we were doing Cabin in the Woods, we were like, this is the first real day of fall, but today was like actually cold. It was great.
1: It was fantastic. It was the first day that like I showed up to my office not dripping sweat. Yeah. It was amazing.
0: Yes. Yeah. I as well is well chronicled on this podcast (laughs) am a sweaty lady like it's who i am it's how i am i'm i'm you know it's it's okay but like it's uncomfortable to be soggy all day
1: swampy yeah almost
0: yeah yeah Yeah. i don't like it no especially like you're sweaty you're sweaty corporate air conditioning you're freezing yeah i just want to be cozy I'm a co I, I like I appreciate the cozy things in life, you know?
1: So why people bring blankets to work.
0: Yeah. Oh,
1: one of my coworkers has a space heater. Like under the desk. Yeah. Yeah, when I worked out in the middle of the woods and was like working in a building that had been built in like nineteen twenty, I had a little space heater under the desk because otherwise I would have frozen to death.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's like that. But like now it feels like we're finally in the ooky spookies, like leaves are changing. There's fog. It's like Silent Hill out right now.
1: (laughs) I will say, though, I feel like my um, Halloween vibes are being really disturbed by the fact that, like, Christmas is slowly taking over the Halloween decor in Target.
0: I think I haven't been to Target recently enough to say whether or not that's true, but... Like, every time I
1: go, the end caps of, like, the, the decoration... I was about to say hallways. I do mean aisles. Um, Just, like, gets populated with, like, a, a few more Christmas lights.
0: A few more things that are not Halloween. You say as if we don't decorate for Christmas on November 1st. Yeah, but I, you know, it's a separation of church and state, okay? Okay. Like, you know November what? 1st is the deadline. That's the that's off. That's fair. Uh, you guys are listening to the Teen Wolf Free Wolf Podcast, a podcast where we talk about a bunch of random <laughs> bullshit, but eventually we do sometimes make our way, like, through a sort of corn maze, back to MTV's Teen Wolf. My name is Christian. And I'm Julia. And uh, we're we're feeling it today, you know? I have to say, like, I definitely did not hate this episode of Teen Wolf. It didn't fill me with as much vitriol as, say, some other episodes of Teen Wolf and just, you know, say a season, I don't know what season, maybe <laughs> season five. I don't know. But I thought it was <laughs> so boring. <laughs> it felt
1: very perfunctory it was so filler and kind of the only reason that i'm not like that i didn't roll my eyes through the entire thing is that there was a return of several people who are near and dear to my heart pater pater deucalian
0: jackson and ethan the boyfriend and they were like a shitty white dude they showed up in this episode
1: (laughs) yeah pretty much yeah because um i don't know lots of other people are out of commission having been shot yeah so, yeah, um, all the, the bad boys showed yeah. back up and I, I loved
0: it. They were like, as all of the women and people of color are currently in surgery, we have to return back to like the white man Teen Wolf era. Yeah, you know,
1: they're suffering from gunshot wounds, so we'll just focus on something else right now.
0: Okay, all right, I guess. Uh, That's
1: a choice. (laughs) But it was nice to see
0: them. No, I mean, the Wolf Pack knows well that when Ducalion is on screen, we're like, actually, Teen Wolf is good, actually. Yeah, it's the best show I've ever seen. Other than days when we're like, actually, Teen Wolf is so bad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which we have been saying less and less Post season five. Um. Oh, yeah. I mean, but like saying more and more in 6B as opposed <laughs> oh. to 6A. Um, but I think that, yeah, I think this, I think perfunctory is the best way to describe this episode. Neither of us felt moved in any one direction by it, which is maybe good because I'd rather walk away being like, meh, than being like, that sucked, right?
1: Oh, yeah. I, uh, plenty of other things have made me angry today. I didn't
0: need Teen Wolf to like pile on top of that. Uh, you know. Yeah. Julia, what made you angry today?
1: (laughs) Oh, you know, the, I saw several TikToks that really got under my skin about like really stupid shit, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, I, uh, I will say I, um, did check the news a couple times today. What a mistake. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Do you know there's another variant of COVID that is like booming in the UK right now? Um, you know, I actually feel like I have
1: been hearing that. And then it went away for a while, and now I guess we're hearing it again.
0: Okay, why is it always the UK though? I think England is just a poisoned <laughs> land,
1: <laughs> which is crazy because I feel like their vaccination rates are really high. Interesting. Um, so I don't know what everybody's doing over there, but get it together.
0: Yeah, I I couldn't tell you. Um, I think we should dig into this episode. This episode mm-hmm. is called uh, "Werewolves of London." A woo, a woo. <laughs> Great. <laughs> uh, like, it is fun. They literally sent these guys to London to make the jokes. The American Werewolf in London and then the Werewolves of London. I Yeah, I, I yeah. get it. No. Fun. Good. Good referential humor.
1: Yeah. um, Truly nothing can ever beat out the title of Status Asmaticus. That was
0: the worst episode <laughs> title of all time. We will never stop talking about how stupid that was.
1: And this one is just, like, gently stupid because it's just a fun little play on... On st- cultural references,
0: yes, yes, love it.
1: Uh, it was directed by Russell Mulcahy and written by a man named Kyle Steinbeck. Back Bach, no idea, who has written two other things I've never heard of. Um,
0: did the job? He did the job. He I, did would, the job. Yeah, I will not call this episode, you know, profound. No, uh, but it wasn't bad. No, I actually thought it was a, a well-paced. Like we mm-hmm. didn't really get the thirty-second teen wolf scenes I hate so much. Mm-hmm. So that's fine by me like yeah fair enough um so before we get too deep into this episode we do have to do our 60 second recap and uh you are going first wait what you are going first I legit thought I went first in the last one no damn it <laughs> fine okay, okay I'll I remember go this because I
1: like I went first and I didn't get very far at all last time okay um fine I guess prove me wrong
0: um, and anyway,
1: um, how are you feeling about nope. recapping? The, nope. I actually
0: feel like I already knew that, the answer to that. Please don't ask me. Yeah, um, thank you. It's actually, that's really sensitive information. It's real. I feel like it's a HIPAA, a, a HIPAA violation. It's a HIPAA violation. Okay. Yeah.
1: Well, I am so sorry. I didn't mean to violate your HIPAA. Um, I'm going to give My you My personal <laughs> yeah. HIPAA. Yeah. As if it's not a, you know, a law. Anyway, um, I'm going to give you 60 seconds To recap
0: this episode of Teen Wolf, in three, two... One. So Ethan and Jackson are, well, Ethan is calling Jackson about their anniversary in London. And then a bunch of hunters dump Jackson in the living room. And then Jackson kicks ass and is like, yeah, well, Wolf's man doesn't work on me. And then Scott waits for uh, Melissa to come out of surgery. And Melissa does come out of surgery. And she's like, Scott, you have to stay and fight. And then the sheriff tells uh, Monroe about all of the um, like awful, terrible shit that uh, uh, Gerard has done. And she's like, actually, you're just bad at your job. And then uh, Lydia and Mason are both in like okay condition, but Lydia is like hallucinating this sort of weird nuclear winter type of deal uh Liam attacks Gabe in the bathroom while Theo watches to like lightly make sure he doesn't kill him and then stops him from killing him and Gabe is like you don't know about the other bodies and they're like what and then the sheriff tells Monroe that a lot like and then Monroe like basically captures the sheriff's station and like kicks the sheriff out um, Scott and Malia ask Peter for help, and then he shows them this like hunter guy who's like going nuts, and like he gives him a gun to prove it how like crazy these people are. And then Peter's like, "Yeah, I'm not helping you." And then Scott and Malia are like, "Well, we'll go ask." And then they ask Ukiyan for help, and he's and like, "I'm a pacifist now." Time. Oh my god! Okay,
1: you you did it.
0: No. Yeah. Nope. Well, you
1: you did the action. <laughs> I so. Y- okay it happened um yeah
0: it's over i feel like those people on american ninja warrior who like <laughs> fall the first obstacle that is one of the things that like disappoints me most about
1: myself is that i'd love to think that the rush of adrenaline that i would get would like propel me
0: no no but no. when you watch people who like train in ninja mm-hmm. gyms like it takes a really long time to get good at doing that yeah. and then you watch them and they do it with like it looks like no effort but like I could never do it in a million years. The
1: finger strength.
0: Yeah. I have no grip strength. Um, I, like, <laughs> drop the milk out of the fridge, so... Especially not in the morning. Hands yeah. no work. Hands no... I mean, my hands don't work regular. Or general. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Anyway, so uh, I I did how I did. Mm-hmm. No one needs to talk about it, OK? <laughs> yeah. It was embarrassing. Julia, are you ready to do your 60-second recap? Absolutely not. Uh, New your market set, go. So Jackson and Ethan are boyfriends in London, and the hunters attack
1: them on their anniversary. And it's just very fun to watch. Scott's in the hospital. Liam's stepdad is operating on Melissa, and she's like going to be OK. And she's like, Scott, you have to stay and fight. Raphael was uh, transferred to another hospital, and Lydia and Mason are like, fine. But okay, but they were also shot. The sheriff is trying to reassure him, and Scott's like, no, I'm going to go get an army. So the sheriff brings them and run Rowan for questioning and is like Gerard is actually super evil um Ducalian's back but he doesn't want to fight anymore because he's like a pacifist I guess even though he knows Gerard well enough and he's like Scott you're gonna have to kill him um there's a little martial arts demo uh Jackson and Ethan question the hunters and they're like oh, Gerard sent them and they're gonna go to the states um Liam like loses it over the fact that Mason's in the hospital and goes after Gabe and Theo stops him from killing him and Gabe's like oh my god there are more bodies didn't you know that and the sheriff is um I don't know Lydia's hallucinating a uh, nuclear winter um and she finds like the uh dead hellhound and goes like wandering scott and peter go scott and malia go to peter and he's like uninterested because scott like won't kill and he's like i'm not actually gonna help you because you won't win um monroe has gotten to all the deputies and she's like oh win. that is it my friend i have this problem where sometimes when i'm like talking i like can't breathe and i just take more air on top of what i already have and i feel like i'm dying Oh, uh, I
0: think you which have is, what just happened actual to me. diagnosed asthma, which we know about. I feel like that's a symptom.
1: Um, I conveniently forget that that is a part of my medical history every day of my life.
0: <laughs> and then you're just like, damn, why am I gas walking up the stairs? Pretty much. Um, well, it's okay. As, as long as we know where the rescue inhaler is, Teen Wolf, Ray Wolf HQ is never in too much danger. Um so we did this we you know we did how we did i will mm-hmm. say you may have done slightly better than yours truly and uh for that you get the special reward of finishing or wrapping up the episode for us oh my god i'm, I'm so honored this um, is so unexpected this is actually like i just hope that you really take this to heart like it's important that you know that you deserve this i like won this i earned this You earned this get it girl boss okay
1: i'm gonna gaslight
0: like, gatekeep and girl boss Dude, I, if anything we do on this podcast of all of those things, it is not girl boss and it is not gaslighting. We just gatekeep teen wolf, and for that I do apologize. I do. Um,
1: so basically, um, once Peter decides that uh, he doesn't want to partake in the issues, and Malia like ends up showing him the Anukatane, he's like, mm, "That seems fucked up. I'm gonna run away." She tells Scott about um, the primal pack, and he's like, well, it's worth it, I guess. And Gabe shows Liam and Theo the spider-eaten corpses, and they realize that Aaron is the Anukate, and it's looking for its other half. When Scott and Malia go to find the primal, um, they are all dead from the Anukate, and we know that because their eyes have been eaten out. Lydia shows up there, and they all go looking for Hallwyn because he's the one who's, like, inducing her uh, visions, and they find the other Anukate body, which I'm very confused by. Um... And everybody gets together at the animal clinic. Although, you know, Deaton isn't there for some reason. Where is Deaton? Where is he? I don't don't understand. Um, But they realize that they need to prevent the haves from reuniting. So they need to figure out who it is. Um, Peter shows up and he's like, oh, the hunters blew up my cool, fun, fancy cars. But he really came back because he knows that Malia is in love with Scott. And he, you know, cares about her. Yeah. Which is nuts. Um, And then Jackson and Ethan make it back to Beacon Hills. And they run directly into Monroe. And Jackson's like, oh, you know who I am? And they get captured and electrocuted
0: and that's where the episode ends. i love that ethan is like oh you know who i am to jackson because it really is great that jackson has changed and matured and grown up but is also still jackson (laughs) that we know and love it was a delight to see him i remember when you were first watching and you were like oh i hate jackson and in our early seasons you were like i just don't understand how you forgive his character and i'm like i think he's fun
1: (laughs) I think that I was so disillusioned by the latter seasons of Teen Wolf that now that he's back, I'm like, ah, Jackson, what a breath of fresh air.
0: Yeah. It's like how when Gerard showed up in season five, we're like, all right, fine. This might as well happen. But, you know, happier because we like Jackson and Mm -hmm. obviously Ethan.
1: Yeah. I I think having the two of them together... Is, is there, really
0: fun. Is is there... Their ship name has to be Jathan, right? Which is not good. <laughs> or Jathan, which also sucks. Um, I don't know. There are, I could there, look it up. There are bad ship names in Teen Wolf. Like, well, finding out that Corey and Mason is Maury, I was like... Ew. <laughs> I also think we're sort of past the portmanteau era of shipping. I feel like people just say name slash name.
1: Mm. I don't know. I don't think about shipping much these days? No,
0: because I don't ship
1: anything. I'm in my 20s. (laughs) I'm I'm old. But, like,
0: when stuff like this gets introduced, it's a little bit, like... Like, that is a little fan servicey, you know? Mm -hmm. So you do think about the fandom in tandem with that. Nice. Yeah, baby! Nice. Yeah. I didn't even plan that rhyme. It just happened organically. You're a poet, and you didn't even know it. I know. Anyway, so we're going to be talking about... Anyway. We're going to be talking about... (laughs) Shush, anyway, we're talking about this episode through the theme of reality. Uh, Something that Julia and I are so unwilling to face, we started a Teen Wolf podcast. (laughs) Um, And who knew that we would have it to hold
1: us through the darkest nights of a fucking global pandemic? A
0: global panini.
1: A panda express, if you will. But everybody is kind of coming to grips with or pushing away reality i totally
0: agree i think scott i wish he had come to more of this in season five for like uh the idea of like inevitable murder lowering
1: your standards a little bit
0: um or like being challenged with the idea that you that in his position it's not always um likely that you'll be able to you know, keep your hands mm-hmm. clean, as Peter says. So I, I think this is a really interesting way. Peter, who is also not facing reality in this episode, I think it's a really interesting way to sort of sort our characters in this situation. Where would you like to start in our discussion?
1: Um, I kind of want to talk about the sheriff and also Monroe.
0: Um. Yeah. Yes. This is really interesting because um, this is sort of about like perception. More Mm -hmm. so than anything. This seems
1: like a situation where two things can be true.
0: Well, it also challenges our reality, slightly, Mm -hmm. as a viewer. Because, obviously, we have everything that the sheriff explains to Monroe, we have seen and understand why Gerard is a terrible, awful, horrible old man. He's so old. Why does nobody just, like, push him over and be like, (laughs) have fun in the home, (laughs) old man? Like.
1: Also, yeah, why hasn't he been arrested? We <laughs> yeah, were just talking okay, about yeah, this as well. Yeah, <laughs> we
0: can save that for questions, but it does frustrate me. But, like, when he goes through and he's like, uh, he killed Matt, um, he does leave out the fact that Matt killed a bunch of people. He Not does. Not that Gerard is killing Matt for, like, justice reasons, but, like, mm-hmm. does ha- it does have to choose to frame Gerard in certain ways. And when he says he killed all of these people to blame a, a man named Deucalion. He doesn't tell you that Deucalion is also, a, is, also is also a villain. And Deucalion is a self-admitted villain and talks about that in this episode. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. He's giving the the version of reality he thinks is most likely to get Monroe on his side. Which... Which is the side we agree
1: with. Oh, oh 100%. Obviously. Um, but I think where that really falls apart for him, and obviously, of course, this is like where his argument would hold the least amount of water um is when he's talking about the situation with the beast and the fact that gerard was keeping a lot of information to himself um so that like he could win eventually in the end and that's why the beast became so powerful um they did
0: not ask gerard for help near early enough for that to be the thing that he could have prevented all those
1: yeah so that is very much a twisting of the truth
0: it is true that gerard did um withhold that information it did exacerbate and extend that problem in their Mm -hmm. lives but it's it's perhaps not as much his fault as the sheriff is making it out to be Uh uh-huh
1: um and what monroe takes from that is that the problem is not the fact that gerard didn't want to share that information the problem is that there are supernaturals in Beacon Hills, full stop. Yeah. There would be no problem in Beacon Hills if there were supernatural creatures.
0: If there weren't, you mean?
1: Yep, that's what I mean. Um, and that's, like, where the sheriff's argument really falls apart, because he isn't acknowledging what Monroe's reality is. Yeah. Because he's so invested and engaged in, like, what he believes to be the
0: truth. Yes. Um, And, you know unfortunately and i'm i'm not going to derail this into any kind of political conversation because when you vehemently disagree with somebody that much it gets really easy to just be like they're a delusional bad person which monroe obviously is because they mm-hmm. didn't do anything to humanize her in any one direction or the other but like as we move through life it is important to understand the realities of our like adversaries Mm-hmm. So as to appropriately address problems, and he's not necessarily doing that. In fact, he kind of makes himself look foolish because the sheriff is not living in the reality wherein he actually understands that the people in his department, in his sheriff station, have been turned on him for a while now. Yeah. Uh, that is really painful to watch um, towards the end of this episode when he gets kicked out
1: of the station, basically. Yep. Yep. Um, and he leaves with his bat and his gun, but, like, his dignity on the floor. Um, and one of the things that Monroe brings up is the fact that, like, the sheriff is just completely incapable, uh, from her perspective, of, like, keeping control and enforcing law and order, basically, and the sheriff I mean we saw a lot of this in like season three when he really comes to grips with the fact that there were so many things that he didn't fully understand because he didn't understand the supernatural and there's guilt eating away at him but I also think that once you can kind of acknowledge that certain things are out of your control you can kind of let it go Mm -hmm. a little bit and the sheriff has kind of moved on in the sense that he's trying to like protect people from the new issues but what Monroe sees is just like a history of failure
0: yeah yeah
1: their realities don't match
0: up they don't and it's also interesting because like as much as I dislike Monroe and obviously she's picking the details to focus on the sheriff this is not the first time he's been accused of being bad at his job and having to be challenged on that like that is the whole point of Raphael's first entrance into the show Mm -hmm. so it's interesting i think this is the most interesting this dynamic has been thus far the most sort of complicated or you know Mm -hmm. aware of how these problems actually happen uh than any other previous interaction we've seen between them before i'm still really Mm -hmm. not over that lynch mob comment no
1: it's particularly disgusting
0: you legit like at the uh, it's tasteless at um best and reckless at worst mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. um yeah I think that that was an interesting thing I think it was an interesting way to start the episode um who, who would you like to talk about next
1: hmm I don't honestly there are uh, a couple of people um I guess we could talk about the Scalia of it all
0: it's like a there it's kind of the big pack there for the most part and then Lydia shows up uh, at the end
1: um, but, like, several people are out of commission
0: yes. in this
1: episode, so it makes sense that it's just Scott and Malia.
0: Yeah. I, it's funny. I mentioned to you while we were watching, I kind of miss having, like, a, a direct big pack and baby pack. Dynamic. Yeah. yeah. Because I now agree. it's, like, Scott, Malia, and sometimes Lydia when she's there, and then, like, Theo and Liam. And we haven't seen Corey in episodes.
1: Yeah. Where is he? I don't know. Um, and Mason's out of commission. <laughs> um. Yeah. It's really interesting because definitely at the end of 6A we were seeing them be set up for like they could return to Teen Wolf and Beacon Hills if they wanted to because they had set up the younger generation and now that feels
0: like it's really fallen apart. Yeah. Um but in back to, back to where we were talking. Back to what we were talking about. <laughs> I could have saved that for observations. I totally could have, but I didn't. Um yeah, Scott Uh, is being faced with uh, a reality that Malia has long ago accepted. That like she, for her, killing people and killing things. It happens. It happens. She lives by jungle rules still, Mm -hmm. you know? Like she lived in the forest and probably had to kill other coyotes or whatever. Probably, Yeah. I, I think she actually mentions that at one point. So her, like her, she's a little bit more transactional about like the exchange of life mm-hmm. um, in a way that I appreciate insofar as it does a really good job to challenge Scott's altruism.
1: Yeah. I wish I could say that I found this particular moral quandary <laughs> to be interesting Um, but because we have been dancing around it for so long with Scott, like Scott has become almost mythical in Teen Wolf. Like the sheriff even says, I didn't say I was going to save Beacon Hills. I said, Scott was going to save Beacon Hills,
0: which is just like all leading up to his uh, sort of Lazarus moment at the end of this season, which I have always been like, okay. Okay. So he is (laughs) Spider-Man. He's not Jesus. Big difference. Yeah, big difference. Big difference.
1: Um, and i it's interesting because I think Malia um, demonstrates a tremendous amount of patience for Scott because this is an argument that they've been having for a really long time. Uh-huh. Um, where their realities just don't match up. I mean, literally, Malia's reality doesn't match up with any other character on the show because she was a coyote
0: for yes, six, yeah.
1: seven, eight years. Can't remember. Yeah. Um. So she's always going to be kind of wrestling with that. Mm -hmm. Um, And Scott just like very firmly believes that that is in no way a thing he would ever do.
0: I, okay. Can I just say in most shows and comic books, Mm -hmm. the I don't kill anything, kill anyone thing is an argument that I find exhausting. Because yes, your reader knows that murder is bad and they want to know that they're hero also knows that taking a life is really bad and has incredible weight to it. But after seasons one and two, it's a little bit like, I'm sorry, we're, we're past that. Yeah.
1: And I also, I think it's kind of interesting that like we have been going through this whole journey with Scott and his reluctance to kill people. I mean, it has led to some pretty serious consequences. Um, but not nearly as much as I think it should have, maybe. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, well, and now it's like Gerard being in power. But, like, it's not Scott. It was not... The onus was not on Scott to kill Gerard. Like, Christopher. Chris should have done that. Peter could have done it at any time. Yeah. Deucal- I would have loved if Ducalion had killed Gerard. It would be very satisfying. Yeah.
1: Um. But, yeah. I mean, I think, I think Scott having to come to grips with the with killing someone would shake his sense of reality well uh, or would it i mean like i actually don't know because it's been built up so much that he like doesn't kill people that is
0: why i said this i said this when we watched season five the far more interesting route to go through would be to have scott be the one who accidentally kills donovan
1: yeah because I mean, listen, Styles Stalinsky walks around with an insane amount of guilt, and you just gave him something else. Rude. Also,
0: you already made him the quoth unquoth bad guy. Yeah, so. he
1: he already went through that. Um, it's boring when mm-hmm. it comes to Scott, but he is sort of shifting his perception of reality by agreeing to not only like seek out Peter as an ally, which is not unusual. He's done that before. Um, nor is it unusual to have sought out Dukely, and he did that before. But Malia brings up the primal pack uh-huh. of werewolves, which is so interesting.
0: Oh my god, what a crazy thing to throw away!
1: Yeah, we didn't even meet any of them, and we or never, see any. And of we it. never
0: really got to meet any of Satomi's pack, other than knowing that Brett and uh, Lori were in Satomi's pack, and we knew Satomi, but that's it.
1: Yeah, we don't get to see the dynamics. Yeah really the only um, other pack
0: we who's like we get to like investigate is the alpha pack and that was like eight years ago that was like so long ago it was
1: cool yeah but i like i like the idea of the primal a lot too bad they're all dead
0: yeah <laughs> the primal like these like ted kaczynski weirdos who just hide out in the woods and like michigan alum Mi- a michigan alum the <laughs> unabomber kaczynski. um although i guess they're the primal is like anti-electricity so that actually is maybe not, not. <laughs> yeah um but like yeah I, I think, yeah, it's funny that Scott is like, it's the funniest thing is that Scott lives in a reality where as long as he's not the person doing the killing, he's not responsible. But getting somebody else to kill somebody is still murder.
1: Well, Peter even says that to his face. Like you don't get to let people do your dirty work for you for the rest of all time, Scott. Yeah. Except then he joins the pack anyway. At the end, yeah, but that's so. not for Scott. I mean, no. it's
0: technically for Scott, but it's for Scott via Malia. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's interesting. I, I, it's funny because Malia sort of was to played, played as this joke as somebody who doesn't exist in the real world. But like as the show goes on, she's more and more of a realist because she's not like ca- because she doesn't get caught up in like societal standards that she was not socialized to, you mm-hmm. know defend
1: yeah well and also I mean the thing with like constantly putting Scott and Malia together without an intermediary is that you just have these two polar opposites mm-hmm. really I mean not in the sense that like they're very similar personality wise but in terms of how they view the world they're very different yeah and they don't have a middle ground yes. in this episode and uh, or at all really this whole season because uh Stiles isn't around
0: yeah and Styles is being around is a other serious places. Downfall. Also, mm-hmm. how much more interesting would the conversation about Scott's unwillingness to kill people be if Styles was around? Yes. Ugh. <laughs> anyway, does, does this season suck? No. It is not, not, tremendously not frustrating, but it doesn't yeah. suck. No. Um, Let's talk about Deucalion. My love. I was so happy to love see him. Love of
1: my life. Um, he is Zen now.
0: Um Yeah, he um he practices a martial arts called Bagua.
1: Oh I'm glad you wrote that down because I did not.
0: Well I thought it was Pagua and then he said it again <laughs> and I was like, okay, gotta fix that. Or the B. Yeah. There's a B. Um What? Um <laughs> But yeah, it I really find um his He is kind of like a closer guidepost to reality in this um, episode than we've seen from a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Only insofar as I think he's matching like equal and opposite energy to Peter. Whereas Peter's like, I'll kill anything, but I won't help you. And Deucalion's like, I'm not killing anyone, but I will help you.
1: Yes. I also think that Deucalion's, understanding of Scott like he he says the same thing that Peter says basically like if you want to stop Gerard you are going to have to kill him and it has to be you because I'm not going to do it mm-hmm. um but whereas like I Dukalian sees that as like Scott taking on responsibility and growing even more as, like, an alpha. I mean, he doesn't say that explicitly, but that's the undertones. Mm -hmm. Versus Peter, who just wants to see how far Scott would go.
0: Well, I don't even necessarily think it's that. I think that Peter, in his own way, is in the same camp as Deucalion. And the funny thing is, is, like, Deucalion isn't being like, I'm a horrible person for all of the people I killed. He's sort of reckoning more so with the fact that he has taken a lot of life, more so than anyone needs to or ever should have to in a lifetime. And... I don't think he's looking at Scott being like, just, uh, I'm a pacifist now. So protect your virtue. And because he's not doing that, that's what's so interesting. He's like, I understand that in this line of work, in, in being, being a, a werewolf, werewolf <laughs> um, you have to like understand in a way like these risks. And like, there are things that you're going to do that are going to, you know, you're not going to like. And that's, what's interesting about like Peter and Ducalion and having their, their parts in this episode is they've both been functional villains in the show. They're both, urging Scott to consider the fact that he is going to have to kill Gerard which he doesn't end up doing. I bummer. What the <laughs> hell happens in season 6? I don't know. Um but it's like I think it's it's funny that they brought these two people back and they're like actually they're like, you know, Deucalion's totally reformed, and Peter's the same old guy, but they're both saying the same thing, so maybe Deucalion is also the same old guy, so... Uh, well, it's fascinating to see that their realities sort of converge. Yeah, I was saying I would watch a spin-off of Deucalion and Peter just Please. being lightly evil. I can't believe they killed Deucalion. It is infuriating. Well, I said to you, I think that this season needs a better death. I think we need, like, an Allison-level type of tragedy. Mm-hmm. Not a woman, though. You already killed Allison we thought we we both talked about how like maybe killing chris would have been really impactful you could even maybe kill peter in this season and it would have really like but like i would have been sad yeah i would have been really sad i'm sad about deucalion but we didn't see enough of deucalion for you to justify killing him after we've decided that we really really like him even though i've always liked him so Mm. i have bad taste
1: well i feel like there are some instances where like too many people die. Like I think too many people die at the end of Harry Potter. I think I may be alone in that assessment.
0: No, I think the wrong people die. The wrong people <laughs> in Harry Potter. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but like that is a
1: big, huge statement, and the stakes of this season are so m- freaking high uh-huh. that somebody important need to have needed to have died. Now that dekalian isn't important, but he's not a main cast member.
0: Yeah. Yes, I mm. agree. I'm not saying that somebody in... I'm not saying that, like, Ron or Hermione should have died. No. Immediately no. Immediately no. Immediately no. But maybe someone slightly closer... I know. It would have been on the nose, but Percy should have died. Well, I've also always thought that Tonks shouldn't have died, or that, like, Lupin shouldn't have died, but Tonks still should have, basically to, like, Uh wrap, wrap back to the argument that he gets in with Harry, where he's like, I can't raise a baby, yeah. Not that I'm in favor of killing women to service I, a man's plot. No, because I think that's really lazy storytelling yeah. generally when people are like, I'm a single dad, but that's how that was set up mm-hmm. in the story. Yeah. Okay. We don't need to go. <laughs> that book came out over a decade ago. We're done. Quite literally. Nope. I don't want to think about that. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway. <laughs> shall we move on let let do let's do let's who's who's left? uh do you want to talk about Jehan <laughs> <G-thin> or Theum <laughs>
1: uh let's let's talk about Theum. I think we can squeeze Jethan in there at the end. okay. um Theo is Liam's keeper. okay <laughs> <laughs> hold
0: on. <laughs> I know we make this joke all the time about the end of Monsters Inc. when he's like, get it, Mom, get it. That is Theo watching Liam beat
1: Except up Gabe. What is so crazy about that to me is that Theo legit, and maybe some of this is just posturing because he has a reputation to uphold, but I do think that, like, Theo knows that if Liam killed Gabe, he couldn't live with himself. And so he's doing that little posturing of, like, I mean, I don't give a shit if you kill this kid, but, like, have you thought this through
0: at all? It is so funny. He's being both the devil and the angel on his shoulder, and he's, like, going through (laughs) the logistics of what they'd have to do to hide a body. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. Even the way that that scene is shot is kind of like that,
0: Yeah, which I find really funny. Yeah, Um, because he's behind him, and you see him in the mirror. Yeah, it's great. Actually, that is, like, one of the directing... I didn't find any, like... I said this to you earlier, like, there wasn't a huge amount of, like, artful choices, I think, made in this episode, given mm-hmm. the fact that it's not set up to be a v- particularly artful episode. I liked the stuff in the nuclear winter, but I thought that was, like, one of the the best directed scenes. I agree.
1: Um, I, I don't know what it is, but, like... You know, him
0: pushing Gabe's face into the glass. And then the fact that Theo does it, like, a second time. I know. Is really good. I also just love watching assholes get what's coming to them. So watching them beat up Gabe is great. Um,
1: like... We don't really need to to dive into this, but the weird little homoerotic moment where Gabe is like, "I shot up Scott's house for you." Oh, to yeah. <laughs> it was like, what?
0: <laughs> what is this? It felt so out of place, especially because like Gabe has not been particularly nice to Nolan.
1: Not at all.
0: And also, clearly, doesn't like value human life anymore because of the Anuka Day. So, wh- wh- okay. <laughs> (laughs) Okay, well, that I didn't like that actually. I've decided that it was way too out of place. No, it was so weird. Yeah. I was like, what in the world is happening? But anyway, so Liam and Theo are the people who are being confronted with reality most explicitly, like in furthering the plot terms, which is funny because they're not really (laughs) in this episode. But they bring to everyone's attention, you know, that Aaron. Is, is the, the Anuket, mm-hmm. and Theo is like he, they is like they've been checking for other werewolves to try to find its other half. He figures that out, and then Gabe is like, "What the fuck are you guys talking about?" And they're like, "You don't get to know, <laughs> asshole." Um, the thing that
1: like Gabe just kind of went along with that, yeah. Well, okay. well, they could kill him, and he
0: already knows that they could kill him, so he's just sort oh, of. Oh no, like, I meant yeah.
1: like the hand cutting thing. He was oh, like, "It's Aaron. Yeah. It was Aaron's, Aaron's idea. idea."
0: So you just did it. So you just did it. Okay. okay. Stew in Scream. <laughs> why does Stew do anything for Billy? He loves him. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess.
1: I mean, not in like a gay way. I don't. I, maybe there's maybe an argument I don't you know. made there.
0: Uh, well, if but, we go back and talk about Scream, we can definitely talk about homoerotic undertones. But I don't think that that's what's happening here. I have no, no idea why Gabe is such a wiener. <laughs>
1: just such a weirdo. <laughs> yeah. A weirdo. Um yeah, but Theo and Liam end up they bring the most important um information to the big pack. Um which okay, I get, but you know what I really don't understand about this? What? Um they already know that anukate is looking for its other half. I guess
0: the new piece of information is that the other half is a werewolf. I guess so. I don't know because Deaton hasn't been around to like explain enough. Where Where is is he? he? (laughs)
1: Literally, where is he? I don't, I don't don't know. I don't understand. Um, But that is helpful because um, Theo and Liam just add like a new piece of information to the current reality. Of what they're all going through. It's also
0: nice that Theo and Liam are, like, progressing the plot in this moment and not just, like, beating each other up <laughs> in a parking lot.
1: Which I didn't hate watching. No. But this is, like...
0: No, they're sleuthing. They're, they're a team. And, like, it's really funny because, like, at the end of the last episode, we have that moment where, like, the... Like, Liam is talking about whatever and Theo just sort of like smiles and like laughs at himself. And I'm like, you guys are the squad, squad goals, squad goals. Well,
1: yeah. And like Mason down for the count. So, yeah. um, it's, it's fun to see Liam and Theo just kind of being little detectives. Yeah, they're like kind of browing out over this, which is funny. They kind of are. Yeah. And, and Liam's still like, well, Scott's not going to let you in the pack. And Theo's like, there are more pressing issues right now.
0: He's like, Scott's not going to let you in the pack. And it's like, he already did. Liam, you are currently letting this guy in the pack. You guys are hanging out. You took him to school with you. <laughs> Scott will never let you in this pack, but I, I will.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and Liam is Scott's beta, so yeah. he'll be like, mm, okay, Yeah-huh. if you love him. Uh-huh.
0: Um, just terrible people doing <laughs> terrible things. It's my favorite genre. That's why we like, what's your number? <laughs> They are both
1: extremely bad people. (laughs) Horrible people. That's why it's my favorite
0: rom-com. Just horrific human beings. Actually, they're just from Boston. (laughs) Which. Yeah. Anyway. Let's move on to Jethan. They have sort of the most uh, also, like, interesting interaction with reality where, like, it's clear that Jackson and Ethan have been, like, living this sort of little, like, dreamy, like,
1: Domestic Yeah,
0: domestic in London which is adorable and they're going to go see the ballet and they are live in an apartment that only billionaires could afford (laughs) It overlooks Big Ben and it's massive and beautiful Um, and uh, then you know Day, mm-hmm. get their asses handed to them and their first instinct is like we gotta go find scott mccall but they have been so removed from reality they don't think to shoot him a text they think that they're gonna walk into beacon hills high school and everybody's gonna bow at their feet because that was how they left it and then monroe again hands their asses to them they literally couldn't have
1: called him and been like
0: buddy what the fuck is going on here leave a message i feel like lydia and jackson have to talk regularly send
1: email yeah Like, I know that Scott is busy, but he does check his text messages, Uh we assume. They do plotting that way. Yeah. Um, It is absolutely insane that they just, like, get on a plane after having questioned those hunters,
0: and they're like, this is going to work out great. Well, I think it's really, like, smart in the way that, like, neither of them- Jackson didn't see what happened in season three, and Ethan has not seen anything past three- so they haven't watched the show. They haven't watched the show. Yeah, <laughs> actually, the very popular show in in universe show, mm-hmm. Teen Wolf. Um, but of course, they're coming back having no idea that there was a Deadpool out to kill Supernaturals or anything about the Dread Doctors, and they don't know anything about the Wild Hunt and or they, the Beast. And, and the... apparently, are like don't you know? I get there's a time difference, but like you never check to see how Scott is doing. Or... Again,
1: I do feel like Jackson and Lydia
0: keep in touch. Yes, yeah. Does he know she's a banshee? Oh, my God. Yeah. Right? Uh, yes. Does he know? Okay. I also need a scene where Danny is, like, <laughs> gets mad at Jackson for getting together with his ex. Like, hashtag bro code.
1: Lots of people breaking the bro code this season. I know. In general. Whatever.
0: <laughs> it's fine. I think that we said the Hail Mary relationships were, like, some of the best parts of the season. So this has been fun. Yeah. I also think their relationship is really cute. But it is hilarious that they are so out of touch. Like, guys. Hello? hello hello
1: yeah and Ethan I think has always been like of the two twins one of whom is dead now um Aiden the more like rational logical and also possibly more empathetic twin Uh uh-huh and he didn't
0: even think to be like Jackson could you text your ex-girlfriend just like real quick okay also like I feel like Ethan and Deucalion have to be in some form of contact You think it was part of, like, Deucalion's 12 steps? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, totally. make amends. Yep, yep, yeah. But also maybe part of Ethan's 12 (laughs) steps. Yeah, everybody's a good person now. Yeah. Boring. Uh, Boring. Boring. Again, bad people only. Uh, Shall we do uh, Q's and A's? Let's do it. Okay. Do you have any questions?
1: I'm still so confused about the werewolf kanima thing, because the way that they set up the myth, the mythology.
0: It doesn't work. You are either a kanima or a werewolf.
1: Yeah, so why does he still have... And I know he still has a tail because I remember that it shows up.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, they did that to justify a shitty decision they made in season five. That's actually why they did that. So thank you for asking. I knew the answer.
1: That's true. Um, okay. At one point, Malia's like, ugh, I
0: miss the old Ducalian. She didn't know him, question mark? That <laughs> was one of my questions. She comes in in 3B. He's gone. So even if she knows him from five... She doesn't actually know the old Deucalion.
1: No. So even if she had been regaled with the stories of the
0: evil alpha pack, she, she doesn't w- get to miss some person who she's heard about.
1: No. I'm sure she wasn't sitting there listening to those stories being like, Deucalion sounds like a cool dude. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. I don't <laughs> want to think about this too hard because it's like my brain hurts, but Peter asks to meet them in Eichenhausen. He can just go in there and like put a put a dude like a random dude in I like he just has control over Ikenhouse.
0: Yeah, I what 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 that scene could have happened
1: anywhere, literally anywhere. You're telling me that Peter doesn't have like a little, you know, box with bulletproof glass somewhere. They could in his literally do that in the hail hovel. Vault, and
0: we'd all be like, yeah, whatever.
1: Literally, dumb. They're like using the things that they have at their disposal, but it makes no goddamn sense. I did um, laugh
0: at that scene, though, when Scott's like, something's wrong with him. And Peter's like, yes, he's shooting at us. <laughs> Very funny. Yeah.
1: In the season, it hasn't been that funny so far. Um, do you have any questions? Um, yeah.
0: Um, where is the National Guard? <laughs> um, I'm sorry, but like things like this, somebody's house getting shot up with an automatic weapon dude also I, mm, uh, there was also definitely more than one person doing that what more than one person also we know like fucking Raphael knows that gerard has distributed all of the v- weapons in this town to like make up town militia the, he you th- would be
1: on the horn to his boss so the director of the fbi so fucking fast yeah literally
0: like the entire country would be on watch on, lo- like, on lockdown. On lockdown, people would be
1: freaking out.
0: Oh, my gosh. And, like, it's it's so just, like, not even cognizant of living in the real world. Like, you know, especially in small towns, that's when crime can really, really fuck your shit. Mm-hmm. You know? Some, yeah. Somebody gets mugged on the L, and I'm 30 minutes late for work. And that's happening in a really big, big city full of crime. Oh, yeah,
1: mm, yeah. It is just so... The thing is, Teen Wolf was like, we are going to try to address what it might be like to be a citizen of Beacon Hills and thus, like, engage with the fact that there's an outside world, but then they didn't do it right.
0: Yeah. Because it doesn't actually engage with the outside world. Like I said, like, anything happens. Granted, we live in a really big city, like I said, with, like, lots of resources and stuff. Yeah, but, like, when... Hi, Chicago. (laughs) Hi.
1: (laughs) When you set up a show like this you have complete control over how things are going to go in the town and you as writers can decide what you're going to address and what you're not. And the fact is that the Teen Wolf writers have not addressed the fact that like Beacon Hills exists in the real world ever at all.
0: Yes. And any person who lives in the real world is like, if somebody puts like a package in front of an elementary school, the whole school is on lockdown and the bomb squad gets called in. Actually, we did see that in Teen Wolf. Mm Mm-hmm. We saw that in Teen Wolf in season three. They are now not realizing that, like, that. what? Stop it. This makes no sense. You exist. Why do we exist in a bubble? Why, why hasn't there been a massive
1: surveillance presence since season five when, like, hundreds of people
0: were being murdered? Tens, but yes. It was a lot of bodies. Okay, yeah.
1: Maybe a hundred plus. Yeah,
0: yeah. But, like, Raphael came in for, like, some murders for the Deadpool and, like... Mm-hmm. I would also be interested if you wanted to explain why Raphael wasn't there because I don't know Matthew Del Negro had scheduling conflicts be like yeah we've actually decided that he is not like fit to have jurisdiction in this area because of emotional complications he has regarding the people he's protecting whatever Mm -hmm. make up a bullshit reason and put somebody else here if you want to have the FBI be part of Teen Wolf which by the way you never had to do. No. You are, inv- you, Teen Wolf, you created the problems that we're looking at. You didn't even have, to, you, like, you could have sidestepped them. You could have just not done 6B, maybe, perhaps, or 5. They are the villain. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. Okay, the statute of limitations. Sorry, to re-enter the, <laughs> I, I thought I was going to be over that real-world conversation. The sheriff has evidentiary support that Gerard is a murderer, Many times over. Many times over. We looked it up. The statute of limitations on murder does not exist in California. You could be tried at any time for the crime of that degree. Which is why the Golden State Killer was arrested. Why is Gerard not sitting awaiting trial? Literally. Again, if you want want Teen Wolf to exist in the real world, exist in the real world. I personally don't want Teen Wolf to be a crime drama because I hate those. Mm -hmm. But you 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 brought this up teen wolf you brought it up I, I would have never had to think about it but now i do
1: i also well like if i were monroe in that situation i'd be like oh you have evidence that this man murdered a bunch of people and you let him walk you're bad at your
0: fucking job She's, yeah, yeah, and she did say that she did but, say that yeah um anywho do you have any observations um yeah i
1: am really basic and I love the use of like classical music during fight scenes and I especially love the fact that at the beginning of uh, in the cold open um the music is from Tchaikovsky's Sleeping Beauty the ballet which implies one that that's what they were going to see for their anniversary um and two I just love Tchaikovsky
0: mm-hmm. so
1: it was a very fun little moment for me personally um I don't know like we've talked about Scott can't run from killing forever and i think that he's become less of a character and more of a myth um but w- we've talked about that ad nauseum so those are my observations
0: what about you do you have I, observations i don't really have a lot i liked peter's jacket he looked very handsome i also like that he bought malia a car because what mm-hmm. do deadbeat dads with a lot of money do to make up for making making no emotional effort to support their kids give extravagant
1: presents yes mm-hmm
0: yeah that was a good detail
1: i also think it's like unrealistic for Malia to be like, I don't want your car. She would love to drive that car. Yeah. She would love to go, go fast.
0: Yeah. Anyway, you know. I do love that they blew Peter up in the car. That's funny. (laughs) (laughs) He would have serious, like, pyrophobia. I'm assuming that's the word for being afraid of fire. I don't actually know. I'm going to take your word for it. I know, like, enough root words Mm -hmm. to make up a plausible sounding regular word. Um, Some basic Latin. Yeah, girl. Uh, um, I don't really have anything else. I kind of miss G- uh Gideon Emery. I kind of miss Deucalion being blind. Yeah, yeah. I, I like I like him as a daredevil figure. He well, I also think
1: that he had a little bit more of like a regality, like a little more gravitas as like evil
0: Deucalion. Part of it was um, the cane. Part of it. Mm, hmm. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, um, do you want to give us our pack stats? Minimal. Yeah, it was, not a, it was not a, a pack daddy up.
1: Yeah, no eyes, two claws. One was when Peter just, you know, memory clawed Malia for fun. Um, two shirts. Nobody was actually naked, but like Lydia was clearly just wearing a hospital gown. And Ethan was in that incredibly white t-shirt.
0: Yeah. They got very wet. <laughs> it's funny how much less nakey we have without our number one fan, Ryan Kelly, on the screen. Ugh. Where is he? I want Parrish to be here. Literally. Ryan, he... we're in your corner. As you are in ours as our number one fan. Hi, I, Ryan. I don't...
1: Like, hmm... Um, Halloween's, like, whole mission was that he was going to prevent the Anukate for coming out. Why didn't Parrish take up that mantle when he died? I don't understand. Yeah, I don't know. Um, We had a Toyota
0: ad, which
1: felt very egregious.
0: I didn't see it.
1: It was just, like, a ground-up shot of, like, Scott and Malia getting in the car. And I'm like, we get it. They drive a Toyota. Um, and there have not been any sirens thus
0: far. And we're almost done. So I feel like it's unlikely. That's true. But, you know, that's good. Stay safe, Chicago. We love you. We love you. Um. Anyway, do you have an Alpha of the Week? Dick. Mm-hmm. Dick. <laughs> Peter. But
1: I actually am going to say Malia.
0: Yeah, I'll say Malia too. Because she got Peter
1: to be on their side.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm totally pro. She worked really Malia. hard at that. Yeah. The stupid claws thing though, man. They just willy nilly stab people in their cervical spine.
1: I think that a lot of our gripes about Teen Wolf can be boiled down to the fact that like they establish such high stakes in the earlier seasons. And then are like, actually, that doesn't matter at
0: all. Yeah, I am, yeah, maintain those stakes because they're what was, was thrilling. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, housekeeping, one, fill out your bingo cards, obviously, if you are the first person with a bingo, you get to pick our final bonus episode, two, we will only be putting out one episode next week, Julia's going to a wedding, A wedding, my best um, friend
1: is getting married. Sorry, you
0: only get one, uh, Oh, that was last of the housekeeping. Well, I guess that wraps it up. If you liked this episode... I, was, I, th- I really thought that I was going to be on a good track for this. Let's, let's try again. If you like this episode, you can follow us on Twitter at TeenWolf underscore which is also our Instagram handle. You can follow us on Tumblr at TeenWolf_ReoF, and our, uh, our Facebook group is Podcast. If you really like this episode, you guys can leave us a review on iTunes, leave us five stars in a review, and we'll read it out loud on the pod. If you really, really like this uh, episode, you can... Uh, buy us uh coffee ko com forward slash Daniel Free or buy our stickers on Redbubble, redbubble.com forward slash Daniel Free Wolf other than that I have been Christian I've been Julia and we hope you guys have a wolf of a week awoo uh, woo!